0: Hello and welcome back to the Cannabis Investing Network podcast. My name is Manish and today I am honored to be joined by the man who convinced Elon Musk not to take the board seat at Twitter. His name is Abby.
1: Oh, it was, you know what? I was pulling my hair for that one. <laughs> <laughs> what what's left? Oh, God. I think there's two or three left still over there. <laughs> you, know, you know, enough for a nice little comb over. The Homer Simpson dude. The yeah. Homer Simpson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What, What's what going did, on?
0: What did you say to Elon, Abby? What did you say to put him over the edge?
1: I just, you know, I just called him. and I just said, Elon, come on, man. Let's do this. And that's it. was yeah, it. It's like, you, know? like you really need to sit on another board. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I said, "Look, listen, Elon, we got to get Doge and Tesla back up." Okay, my cannabis <laughs> is hurting. Let's get let's get this going. And then he just looked at me and he said, "You know what, Abby, you're right."
0: Looked at you over the phone. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's naming the new Tesla after me. So right. he looked uh, at the photo yeah. of you that he has on his wall, and he's like, "You know what, <laughs> the shrine, the shrine." <laughs> that's where my hair goes that's where my lock of hair is oh boy all
0: right (laughs) now we're good all right
1: all right buddy what's happening man
0: welcome everybody um we are recording this on monday night april 11th and today abby is a good day because we finally finally got the approval from the new jersey commission for uh seven mso's to uh not not quite start dispensing adult use cannabis, but at least they have the green light to get the wheels in motion to start dispensing adult use cannabis. So in the Mm -hmm. next few weeks, maybe by 420, probably more like May 1st, they will start turning online, which is something we have been waiting for, for a very, very long time.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, it is. It is very exciting. I saw those press releases roll through. Um, in the afternoon, but uh, I, th- I thought there'd be more price action. But uh, hey, this is kind of what we're talking about in this episode.
0: Yeah. So, look, I mean, obviously, very exciting day now. Overall, it was a very red day um, for the markets at large. So, that's, you know, exactly. I mean, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. And, and the theme is, you know, short term versus long term or, you know, investing for 420, which is coming up basically next week, uh, where we'll be at the Benzinga conference in Miami c-i-n-podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to meet up. Um, So looking at the short-term dynamics of cannabis and the macro environment versus a longer-term dynamic, which is, you know, something like 2024. And if you remember, we did an episode in 2020 leading up to the federal election, uh, the presidential election, where we said, look, don't get too excited for 2020. Let's look forward to 2024. Um, and kind of projecting that out. So now where we are today, thinking about what's going to happen in the next two weeks, two months, versus what's going to happen in the next two years, and kind of trying to balance our decision making um, with all of these factors, which I think will be a really interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. So to kick it off, um, you know, I I think it's, it's interesting and the reason i keep saying longer term and not long term is that 2 to 3 years is is really not long term okay so uh you know it it feels like it to us and in our world you know it seems like a a, a big deal but you know like when i started in commercial real estate for example if there was a requirement if i was talking to somebody and they had a need that was next year or 2 years out i was not interested, or I I would, I would very quickly kind of move on to something else. Um, But, you know, now having been in the business for nine years, I look at that timeframe very differently. And, and to me, one to two years, uh, what I've learned is that time passes pretty quickly. And, um, you know, so if you, if you sort of try to, uh, if you don't appreciate the fact that two years will come up faster than you think you can miss out on a lot of opportunity.
1: Sorry, say that again, if you don't, Anticipate that two years will come as fast as you think. You'll miss out on a lot of opportunity. What do you mean by that?
0: I, I mean that uh, you know, just as a, as a young uh, you know, broker in commercial real estate, it, it, you want everything immediately, right? You want right, to work right, on something right. today. You want something that's going to close in the next three to six months because you want to get paid. But in reality, in the business world, projects take time and everything takes longer than you think. And if mm-hmm. you broaden your time horizon out to say two to three years, that's not that long. Right. It feels long, but before you know it, you know, it, it'll already be twenty twenty four.
1: Right. I, I only caveat I would say is you gotta look at cannabis in context, right? Yes. Two to three years is again, you know, some 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 people who've been in this sector for way, way, way longer than we have. I always like to say, you know, it really started in twenty eighteen well that's because when that's when i entered mm-hmm. <laughs> but also that's when canada became uh, legal mm-hmm. 2018 till now is only four years right so two or three years is about 75 percent of the life of the entire industry so it is it, it kind of is a long time but you're right yep. you, you're, but you're right like you know cannabis isn't any different than any other sector these projects do take a long time cultivation facilities do take a long time to go up um and we've we we've seen especially down in the states recently with all the pushbacks from the legislative side. Um, you know, two to three years technically isn't that long, but you know when you're when you're an investor and you've seen what we've seen the last little bit, I would I would argue that I w- I would say that two to three years is a long time.
0: It could be, yeah, it could feel like a lifetime, and, and that's a fair point. Opportunity cost is very real, mm-hmm. so. But this is what we're balancing today. So let's talk about what's happening in the short term. So let's talk first about cannabis and what I see coming forward in the short term. So we have um, we're at a place right now where it's it's pretty depressed, uh, maybe as low as I've ever seen it before in terms of sentiment. And for me, that's that to me is a good time to be buying, not selling. Right. So just just generally speaking. Now we just got New Jersey, right? We've been waiting on this for almost 18 months. Huge positive. Uh, seven MSOs. Uh, I think all public companies are basically ready to go. Uh, Air actually did not get it. I heard it was because of a lack of supply. But look, they'll get it in the next, you know, six, they'll get it next time around, which is six weeks away. So mm-hmm. you know that that'll that'll come up very quickly. So that's a huge catalyst for the industry. So that's extraordinarily positive. And that brings with it, you know, as that turns online, that's going to bring with it a lot of new eyeballs to the space, people to the space, media to the space.
1: Well, it's also going to go to that one uh, thesis that you have, which is, you know, New Jersey is pretty close to New York. Mm -hmm. A lot of people from um, New York or Wall Street live in New Jersey. They commute, they're going to start seeing this in their own community. They'll start seeing lineups, they'll start seeing products, and they'll just kind of put things back on their radar, right?
0: no question and i think that's huge and i think secondly as new jersey goes now there's more pressure on connecticut and new york who mm-hmm. have who have already approved rec they just need to roll out the program so there's a lot of pressure on those two a lot of pressure on pennsylvania which is now um even in a republican controlled legislature advancing legalization discussions mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. all of this to me you know as as new jersey heats up everyone starts looking outwards Mm -hmm. so that's extraordinarily positive super happy about that okay Mm -hmm. um that is a huge domino for the northeast i think we all understand that but just want to emphasize what how good that is
1: yeah and it's been two years (laughs) it's it's been two years two short years
0: to uh well it's only been a year and a half but but it feels yes i agree with you
1: i guess Uh, yeah you're right yeah 2020 yeah
0: yeah so uh now also, like the the title of this episode, 420 is coming up, right? So we're about a week away from 420. So that is huge for sales for the industry, for sure. But also, 420 is a great time for media coverage. Everybody gets excited. You know, the same, you know, 10 stupid pun headlines, right? <laughs> getting high on cannabis, getting on cannabis stocks or lighting up a rally or, you know, rolling up profits or whatever, you know, <laughs> combination they come up with, uh, that's, that cycle is going to start again, and it's very timely because the Mor Act just passed the House again, and that already has been getting some media play. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to have that 420 media angle on top of the Mor Act. And sorry, God. Well, as I was going to say, and and you know, I've actually been surprised at how much traction that's been getting in more mainstream media.
1: Yeah, and you know, four twenty has always been, like you said, a very monumental day for the sector. And for some reason, everyone always thinks, oh, the legislation's gonna get passed at four twenty by four right. <laughs> twenty. <laughs> so, you know, it it's it's well, we'll see if it does. It'd be it'd be great.
0: I've listen. I've been in that camp before. I thought um, just to think about how far back a year is. I, I was thinking Schumer was gonna drop the draft bill uh, on four twenty. Right? He ended up doing it about four months later. Uh
1: but and then he was like, never get high on your own supply, boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh
0: but but it just goes to show you, you know, to your point, Abby, how long a year ago is because I now that we're talking about it, I remember 420 last year being a really bad day for the cannabis stocks, and they really got yeah. hammered. Um and that feels like a lifetime ago. And that's probably you know, the, the values were probably double what they are today. It's just just crazy to think about. So, but a- anyway. The point is, four twenty is coming up. We get the media coverage. We just had more act, and one of the things I noticed recently is that the reporters have actually been asking the senators about cannabis, and several of them have actually come out publicly against it. So um, there's a senator for, from Texas. I think it's uh, Senator Corbin, um, and he came out, you know, very publicly and said, "No, uh, I don't use it. I think it's harmful. All this stuff," and. I think this is great. I think all of these senators who have outdated opinions and are on the wrong side of the cannabis issue, I think we need to get them to press their feet to the fire and make them come out and state their position, Mm -hmm. right? Because for too long, they've been able to avoid the topic and basically skirt it. And now they're actually getting asked the question. So I think this is lining up nicely because momentum is building. And let's not forget, you know, the the politician with the most outdated view on this is Joe Biden. Right? And this makes him. I, look I thought back. you were gonna
1: say Mitch McConnell.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but it's to be expected from Mitch McConnell, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could at least argue that his people maybe support, you know, in Kentucky, maybe there's more support for his point of view. Yeah. The Joe Biden electorate, those voters. Like they're probably overwhelmingly in favor of cannabis. Yeah. Right? So it's very unpopular for Biden to have this, and he would just love for it to get swept under the rug with no commentary. Yeah. So all this media attention, to me, I love it. It's it's great. It it's puts a little more pressure on all of these guys.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, no, do you remember, I think it was a couple of weeks back when Joe Rogan tweeted – on cannabis, <clears throat> you had sent it to me, mm-hmm. and and you're right. It, it, it attracts a lot of eyeballs that wouldn't necessarily look at the space. Like the Absolutely. number of people who have kind of who I've talked to, just you know, being out and about, were like, oh yeah, like Joe Rogan tweeted about it. And these are people I didn't wouldn't classify as Joe Rogan's demographic. They were just a lot of like a, a bunch of older people. Um, it just caught that ma- media mainstream attention, and that's all that they took from it. And you, kinda, and you ask him one question, like, oh, like, you know what he what he said? And they're like, oh, no, he just mentioned something about it. Well,
0: for sure. For sure. And, and again, people don't know the nuance of the MORE Act, right? But what they hear is it's cannabis legalization, or I think the word they use now is decriminalization because that mm-hmm. word pulls better. Uh, but it's legalization. Mm-hmm. And it gets people excited, right? And then they go out and they buy Tilray. But <laughs> that's okay. It's okay, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, but that's just typically what happens. So- as we're building this momentum, 420, Moract, New Jersey, boom, Schumer is finally ready to drop CAOA, right? His big comprehensive bill. And the this, this soon might finally be here. Uh, Cory Booker was talking about wanting to have it out on 420, which, you know, let's say maybe it happens in May or June, right? Push it back a little bit. And obviously, asterisk, you know, Ukraine could mess things up, mm-hmm. but- it sounds like it feels like that's kind of taking more of a back seat now. And if we fast forward 30 to 60 days, it'll be okay to discuss other stuff. It doesn't have to be, you know, all about Ukraine and Russia all the time. Right. So these catalysts are really building nicely. Right. And, and we all know the market moves on the federal stuff more than the state level stuff. So this is lining up really nicely with New Jersey. Um, COA, CAO, CAOA gets all this press and hopefully, maybe there's actually a pivot to safe banking somewhere in there. There's definitely going to be some kind of ask for some kind of equity or social justice. Uh, but there's, you know, there's a pathway. There's some possibility that something could happen. Who knows how to chance it. But overall, that gets you pretty excited.
2: Mm hmm. Mm
1: hmm. Hey, look, listen. I'm, I'm going to call an audible here and just ask you a question, right? Sure. Of the the catalysts that you mentioned, obviously not the states passing, uh, or sorry, uh, not 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 the uh, the MSA's who won today. Oh, okay, uh, sir. Let, yeah. Let's let's include Moract Act and COA Schumer's bill. Let's not include Safe because we don't really have any clear runway to Safe. But of those two catalysts that are sort of sort of coming out, which one do you think would be more impactful in the capital markets today?
0: Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, look, if, if you had asked me about them, would the More Act be impactful? I would have said, who cares, right? I mean, mm-hmm. great great bill, very supportive, but we've passed it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, you know, it it got more buzz than I expected, right? So yeah, this time I, around, it did, yeah. So that so I think it's related. I, I think More got this ball kind of rolling, got some mm-hmm. eyeballs on it. Now we got New Jersey that's going to catch more attention, right? Um, and then CAOA on top of that it just helps the snowball is building is what i'm getting at right mm-hmm. on top of you know 420 which is this big national day of celebrating cannabis and then naturally you write all these articles saying hey why are people still locked up for this drug
2: mm-hmm.
0: right and mm-hmm. what did joe biden say he was going to do and and you know how, how is this still harming minority communities yeah uh, because he's not fulfilling a campaign so all of these things are related so i, I I, I, to be honest with you, Abby, I don't know if the market truly differentiates between more and CO, COA, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I, I think who it does impact is people in our seats. Uh, you know, obviously, we care a lot more about what the Senate does, right? Similarly, a big impact in this industry, in my opinion, is the hedge funds who are shorting the space, who I think are very smart about this stuff, mm-hmm. and I think they they're going to short it on the way down. I think they're going to buy it on the way up. So if they actually think that COA is gaining traction and we and you know it's going to pivot to safe, mm-hmm. I bet you they cover their shorts and I bet you they start buying. So yeah. all of this stuff is interrelated. Like I I don't think there's there's one or the other. Um, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't look at them in isolation. I'm just curious as to like you know what catalyst. Basically, I'm trying to figure out you know, where's the capitulation point and when are people going to start kind of com- coming back in? Because you're right. These are very exciting catalysts. In the last couple episodes that we've done, we haven't had, um, well, we had these, but we we didn't have anything tangible that we could point to, you know?
0: Well, and, you know, we talk about sentiment being bad. I mean, it's terrible right now. It, it's, it's really awful. And, you know, New Jersey, for example, um, you know, the last time around, we really thought it was going to get passed at the last meeting. Mm-hmm. And last minute, they just turfed it. Um, and you know, then then they scheduled this like special meeting on april eleventh and And there was enough political pressure between the Governor and the Senate President threatening hearings on what was going on um that finally, you know, they they got it done here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but and and I want to be very fair to them. I actually stayed on the call um and listened to the public commentary where people jumped up and and you know, gave their uh, public input. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we forget sometimes what regulators have to deal with. And, man, there was a lot of wacky people coming on (laughs) and saying, you know, like basically reefer madness type stuff, right? Like, how dare you legalize this before you, um, you know, have the fire department and the police department give educational seminars to every county about, you know, overdosing. And you're like, what? Like, (laughs) So, you know, fair enough. There's a lot of things we don't we don't think about. But yeah, uh, but, you know, when, when we didn't get New Jersey at the last meeting, the the feeling was really the disappointment was really palpable. And a lot of smart investors were were like saying this sector is basically uninvestable right now.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, even in, in Twitter, a lot of people were publicly claiming that they were leaving the sector. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, to be fair, I, I think
0: people are loud bulls and quiet bears mostly. So when people get out of the sector, once in a while you see people talk about it, but a lot of times, you know, you'll, you'll talk to somebody one-on-one and they'll maybe tell you, you know, what they're doing, but publicly mm-hmm. they don't, they don't really like to talk about selling.
1: No, but I mean, that, that, that's my point. Exactly. It's to show you how bad the sentiment right, was, was right, there were right, right. Twitter accounts who publicly went out and then had long threads being like, Hey, this is why I don't like it. Fair, fair. Yeah. This is why I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no,
0: that's absolutely fair. So the short-term picture, what I'm getting at, is really good, right? It it ha- it feels like there's a lot there um, to get excited about, and and certainly I'm really excited, and I think New Jersey represents an incredibly important domino. Um, and you know, whether the stocks the stocks moved a little bit today and then got washed right away, but I I don't care. I mean, the the stocks do silly things sometimes, but once those Doors actually open and there's cannabis being sold. That is unquestionably good for this industry, top Mm -hmm. to bottom, full stop. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Okay, so Abby, that's the good stuff. Now, again, short term, I want to go back to talk about the macro picture because I, I think this is really, really important. The inflation equation is out of control. And I think it risks destabilizing everything. Not just markets or the economy, but I mean the way of life. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that, and I'm, look, I'm late to the party here. Um, but when the price of food spikes and there's a shortage of food available, mostly because of, you know, the, the lack of wheat coming from Russia and Ukraine, which just is not going to be planted this year. Uh you're, it's incredibly dangerous to the entire system, and mm-hmm. if you look at what's happening in Peru or Pakistan, where you're already having civil unrest because people can't get food and fuel prices are through the roof, this is really, really bad for the entire system.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when you think about like what's the cure for this, right? Like, you know how how does higher interest rates cure food problems? Uh, it it really It really doesn't, but it sets in motion the chain of events, which hopefully can bring prices in check.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And and so there's a really great um, interview I'll I'll post from a former Fed president um, talking about how he thinks the Fed has to crush the stock market, uh, which is super interesting to listen to. Um, And... In very basic terms, like any market has basically three levers: There's supply, demand, and sentiment. And supply was bad, you know, because of COVID and Omicron and and all the supply chain issues. But Russia-Ukraine has made it even worse, and it seems to be getting worse, not better. Mm-hmm. Demand is too strong, right? Money is there's a lot of liquidity in the system. Demand is is through the roof. Labor. Uh, is very tight. Uh, So demand is too strong. Sentiment is also too strong. So they can't do anything about supply. So it sounds like they're going to have to crush sentiment, crush demand just to keep prices in check. So this thing doesn't get out of control.
1: You mean start raising rates? Like, as as the solution is to start raising rates in order to bring the market to to cool the market down a little bit,
0: yes, but even even more so than that, right? Obviously, the market has come down quite a bit. People are pricing in that you know we're going into tightening the markets coming down. I, I think that's that's clear to everybody, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think what has me freaked out is I'm looking at this this food price problem, the fact that you know people just aren't going to be able to feed their families in certain parts of the world. And the effect that has, and I'm saying they're gonna they're they're gonna have to crush this thing more than maybe we're anticipating. And if we think back two years, rewind back to COVID, right? Remember, I was I was freaked out. I was like, COVID's gonna last longer than everybody thinks. The shutdown's gonna be really long. So I'm not I'm not buying any stocks. I sold all my stocks, right? Mm-hmm. And what I missed, what I what I learned was that the Fed has. Enormous power when it chooses to print astronomical sums of money, and what they did was the first thing was they got the financial markets moving again, Mm -hmm. right? So there's the real economy and there's the financial markets, and they got the financial markets moving. The market kept going up, 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 and then what I saw was that helped the economy get moving because there was sort of this trickle down effect where people look and see the market moving, and they take that as an indication that you know business is back on. And they Mm -hmm. see other people making money. And so they go out there and they start behaving this, you know, behaving as if business will continue. And that got everything slowly, but then quickly moving again.
1: Yeah. Like it got certain sectors moving because certain sectors did get hit pretty hard because remember with COVID it was, you know, when, 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 when I say like, this is like a man-made recession, we stopped the whole world, right? Like everybody had to quarantine in order to flatten the curve. Sure. Right. Right. So they had to do something to keep to let people know that that, it, that it was essentially on the right track, and that's when we saw <clears throat> UBI because most people couldn't go go back to work, so that was more money coming back in. Yep, it, it was, and I I didn't think that that many people were going to put you know their entire whatever I forget what, what I forget what what the name for that a sti- it stimulus check or whatever that check was that people got back into the into the markets right um, when the Fed did obviously start printing to kind of uh, to, to, to refuel all like, uh, sorry, to refuel the markets back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that did reignite the economy, but the demand was always strong even before going into COVID, right? It was just that initial shock that really pulled the markets back down.
0: Sure. But I, I can tell you from the real estate side, for example, right? Those mm-hmm. first couple of months when it was really looking dark, uh, people were walking away yeah, from the. There was a lot of uncertainty.
1: Yes, but, but, and and I, and but I think, people
0: were behaving in such a way that, like, look, I'm not going to honor any contract. My lease doesn't matter. My you know agreement to purchase doesn't matter. I'm walking away basically from my. I'm not going to pay my mortgage. I'm walking away from my. Well,
1: because but yeah, everybody had that force majeure clause that they that they could have leaned back on, right? It wasn't uh, like listen, listen, force yeah.
0: majeure clause or not. <laughs> people
1: were <laughs> people were like, you know, what are you going to do, right? Yeah. This
0: whole system looks like it might fall apart. Like it was really scary there for, for it, a certain. It was day. it
1: one hundred it one hundred percent was and uh, it, I think it was that once that uncertainty was like sort of alleviated that then the markets had come back. But yes. going into that, I don't think the economy was was
0: bad. No 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 no, no for, for sure I'm I'm not I'm not saying that. But what I'm what the point I'm making Abby is that the Fed was able to first they moved the financial markets. That was the first thing they got working again, mm-hmm. and then with a little bit of a lag time the real economy started moving as well. To catch back up, yeah. Yeah. So it was sort of a signal for people. So going back to this, this thing, sentiment really improved once the market started moving positively again. Right, right, yeah. And right. then demand started increasing and that was kind of what got the economy back ripping again, right? Yeah. So my point is just that this is the same idea, but in reverse. So the S&P is only a couple percentage points off its highs,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? like, yes, a lot of the high flying tech names have been repriced. That's good. But ultimately what I'm saying is I think they're, uh, if you remember back in June, I think of, of 2020, I, I finally threw in the towel and I was like, look, the Fed is deliberately keeping this market up. They're not going to let it go down mm-hmm. because if it goes down, it becomes a dangerous spiral downwards. So yeah. they're they're going to keep, remember, I think I was saying they're they're promoting this like a like, like a, a penny stock, yeah. Like a penny stock promoter, yeah.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the Fed is treating the large cap markets of like the CSC. I remember that because you said every time that there's a news release put out or an announcement put out, people rally. Yeah, it was every, every,
0: every time the market's down, like looks like it's down more than a point, they put out a new press release and they're like, we're going to do this. And then it comes and just jumps back up, right? So, yeah. but so this is the same idea in reverse. So I think this inflation problem is so bad. This supply chain issue is so bad that I think they're going to have to really put the screws to the market. And by crushing the financial markets and having real pain in financial markets, I think similarly that will trickle down and start to cool the real economy. And mm-hmm. that's how we're actually going to turn down sentiment, turn down demand. And hopefully by turning those two down, it will catch up with supply and keep the prices in check. Mm-hmm. So I'll post the interview to what the former Fed president was talking about.
1: Which which Fed was it? Which former Fed president was New it? New York Fed.
0: <laughs> I don't know the guy's name, but I'll I'll post the uh, I think it was a CNBC or, or Yahoo Finance interview, but uh, but really interesting to listen to, right? Mm-hmm. So here's here's my metaphor, Abby. Um, we gotta we gotta put on our you know get on our time capsules and go back a little bit because this involves, you know, being at a nightclub. um, So, which, you know, I know you and I have not not been in for a little while, but, but, you know, look, you know, you know, we talk about the Fed and, and, you know, sort of the financial, the capital markets party, right. You're, you're out at night, you know, the drinks are flowing, the music is, is bumping. um, And at some point in the night, you know, you're having a good time. You're going to hear a last call, right. And, Sure, you know logically the party will end.
1: Yeah, and your credit you, card's behind the bar, so you yeah, can't run. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you, look, with, you know when last call comes, you're probably thinking, "Oh, I better go to the bar and buy some more drinks." Right. Right. You're not thinking about what am I going to do after the, after the party. You're kind of like, "Ah, yeah, let's enjoy this while we can." Right. You get your drinks. They cut the bar off. You know the party has basically ended. It's been set in motion. You just don't know it yet, right? Now the music. The music kind of winds down abruptly. They don't usually slow it down. It just stops at some point. And then everyone kind of yells and wants one more song, right? Um, But at some point, they turn all the lights on. And we're all just standing around, not wanting to leave. And then at some point, you know, the staff and security actually pushes you outside into the cold. Yeah. And then we're all scrambling to find an Uber at, you know, three times surcharges. Mm -hmm. So that's my metaphor for the end of the Capital Markets Party.
1: And so where do you think we are right now?
0: Great question. I think last call has already happened. They've called last call. They've cut off the bar service. And why do I say that? Because up until a month ago, the Fed was still putting money into the system, which just shows you how far behind they are. They were still buying bonds as of a month ago. So now they've stopped, right? As of April, mm-hmm. they've stopped. So mm-hmm. n- so now there's no more drinks flowing, but the music's probably still playing and we're all probably holding, you know, one, two or three drinks that we bought at last call. So we're not really thinking about the party ending, but, you know, probably some of the smarter people have figured that out. Right. Um, and so pretty soon, Abby, the music's going to stop. And the lights are going to come on and we're going to get pushed out into the cold. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm.
0: And what does that actually mean? I think that means, you know, 50 BIP rate hikes. I think that means quantitative uh, tightening, which, you know, they've they've already said they're going to do, right? Which is they're telegraphing. They're going to do this. They're going to start um, letting bonds run off and then start selling them back into the system, which is really going to cause some waves.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So... I think when this stuff really kicks in in full gear, we're talking about pain, pain, pain for financial markets and equity holdings and by the way commercial real estate, which is why I spend so much time thinking about this. But I think it's a necessary pill to get this inflation in
1: check. Really? That's insane. Like I I agree with you <clears throat> to to a certain point, but I don't know if they're going to go to that extreme. Like I I I don't know if we'll see 50 basis point rate hikes. And and I know that's like not out of the normal because typically they're 25 bips. But, you know, a 50 basis point rate hike from where we are, it is pretty substantial. And given like all the conflict that's going on, you know, across the sea, um, supply chain issues are still a real thing. Yep. They haven't actually alleviated that, and when I when I say supply chain issues, I don't, I don't just mean like like a blanket issue. Like I've talked to a lot of people who are trying to build other manufacturing facilities or whatever, trying to procure some products, they can't get shipping containers, yep. right? So it's it's not like yep. and 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 it's and that's because you know they're saying oh some of the tech giants are buying up all the shipping containers and they and they can't get into it, so that they have to pay more, and that's kind of where the inflation is. You know, it's one route of where the inflation is coming from. I don't know exactly. if exactly right. But I can't see the Fed just, you know, aggressively tightening to bring the market down. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll be as aggressive when they were trying to save the economy from when COVID happened to right now.
0: But so, so this is this is why I've changed my stance, right? And and if you listen back in December, I said, oh, listen, it'll be 25 bip rate hike. I mean, look, none of us know who knows. No one knows.
1: Yeah, no one knows.
0: But. But this is why I've changed my stance because i've I've done a lot of time listening and reading about inflation. Uh, and you know, I, I really did not real. like the supply chain issue, especially because of Russia, Ukraine, has made things so much worse that ultimately, um, the shortage of goods combined with too much money, is really squeezing the average person. And once that gets out of control, what, like what's happening now is there's a mentality shift. So for as long as anyone can remember, is inflation has not been an issue. So for example, when you negotiate a commercial lease, you know maybe you build in a two percent rate hike every year, right? Maybe you have a two percent, um, you know, like your your rent goes up by two percent a year. Leases that we're talking about now, we're talking four or five percent minimum. And the the argument to tenants that landlords have is like, look, if if at five percent I lost money last year,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? And you know, if you talk about industrial space which is super tight, what can tenants do? Like they they have very few options. So now you know that applies to labor. That applies to you know, pick your thing, right? Mm-hmm. So these costs are starting to escalate, and the mind shift. The mindset is shifting, and. That's a that's a really seminal moment. If that sticks, inflation is going to be built into everything from here on out,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? And that is really really bad for the system, um, and, and it it causes way bigger problems than I think I really understood. Um, and, and I just keep coming back to this example of food. You, mm-hmm. you don't have enough food to go around. We can't grow food, you know, right away. There's a planting season, um, and. The biggest breadbasket part of the the world is that Russia-Ukraine region, which has a huge shortage of wheat right now, and Mm -hmm. is going to because they missed the planting season. So, what that means, Abby, is that like if they don't remember the Fed, remember the Fed is there for the U.S., but it really is sort of a leader of global financial markets. Mm -hmm. So, if they don't start turning that dial aggressively, um, this stuff could really get out of control all over the world, and. That's and your point, like what you're saying, I think is exactly where most investors are. Where you go, look, okay, fine, inflation's a problem, but you know they're not going to get that aggressive, are they? Uh, and that's that's where I've shifted. I think they're going to get super aggressive, and I think, I think it it's going to hurt a lot, but I think it's going to hurt a lot less than the system breaking apart because people can't afford food.
1: Yeah, and I but uh, like the- let. <laughs> You know, this is obviously something that's never happened before. So like this is how I would envision um, let's just say your scenario ends up occurring. This is how I would envision it happening. They do a fifty basis point rate hike, the market then corrects, it actually goes into true correction territory, everybody then points at the Fed being like, Hey, the Fed did this, blah, blah, blah. blah. And yep. then they have to kind con- they they like they're gonna come back and backpedal.
0: Oh, for sure. I, I think it'll be like there's a cycle to this, right? Like they're gonna mm-hmm. hike, hike, hike.
1: Break something? No, I don't think they're gonna hike, hike, hike. I think they're gonna hike, and then people are gonna be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's going on? Why'd you guys stop the music? Mm-hmm. You no, know, I haven't even got my drink yet. One more song, one yeah, more song. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like exactly right. They're they're gonna say, "No, I, I don't even think it's gonna get to one, one one more song. They're gonna stop the music, and before people can start chanting one more song, they're gonna be like, "Hey guys, I haven't gotten my drink yet. They're gonna go back a step. Um, because so, I, I like, like, and you know, look, listen, it's just, we're just two guys just, just chatting anecdotally here. Um, well, I just this is, can't, this see... is on the internet, so it's gotta be true. <laughs> uh, famous quote by Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but no, like I, I can't see a scenario where, you know, Powell or, or he, I, he would, he would get ousted right away. I guess we're going to see. So what, yeah. what, what I'm,
0: getting is i think most people would agree with you right last time they tried to do qt was back in i think 18 and they got they they cranked it up a little bit and then they 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 did three rate three or two or three rate hikes i remember Mm -hmm. but i think the the difference this time is they've they poured way too much money into the system um and they're so far behind on this that they've that this problem has to be corrected and so yeah and let me let me give you sorry go ahead No, no, you got good. I was gonna say, let me give you an analogy um, that, you know, I sort of deal with every day. Okay. And this is on the construction side of things. So construction costs have gone out of control, which is weird because typically, you know, when you have an economic slowdown, like in 08, construction costs really drop. Material costs and labor costs goes down and people bid really aggressively to win projects. But, you know, 2020 was not a normal recession, quote unquote, maybe it wasn't even a recession at all, because people had more money. So actually, costs have been going through the roof. And what's happening is that people can absorb the escalating costs, because the price of housing has actually gone up even more than that. Right? So people are still maintaining their profit margins, or maybe even making more money. But they feel like, both sides of the equation builders and buyers feel like they have to get in now they can't miss out right so once um once this the price of housing you know if the price of housing slows down because of interest rates which it will and it probably is already happening in front of us the market will readjust and When projects are underwater and they stop making sense, the builders will push back, and they will start to say, "You know, I can't afford to pay this construction cost price, Mm -hmm. right?" And so, right now, um, the the you know construction trades have way too much work. You know, they they're booking everything months and months, if not years, in advance. So no one's hurting for business. Everyone's super picky. Um, But if you can stop the music and stop the you know, freeze the house prices, get them going the other way. That will trickle down and push push pressure on other uh, things, whether it's commodities or labor, to also come down. Mm-hmm. So, as things get dire, the market will readjust, and I think also the labor market would start to open up and maybe get some people who are sitting at home trading NFTs off the sidelines and back into the labor market.
1: Yeah, that's the biggest thing that I hear is that it's extremely difficult to find skilled workers. And the crazy thing is, especially on the construction side, the crazy thing is some of these like skilled jobs. It's not like they're paying twenty bucks an hour. It's like they pay like one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand dollars a year. They can pay well, yeah, yeah. They they pay very well, and they're having a hard time attracting um, people to them, right? Which is something we 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 haven't seen. So, I mean, I, I can kind of see the whole. Uh, construction, you know, it's, it's crazy that you that you're bringing this up, but um, I can kind of see it, how, how it is playing out. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of people did make a lot of money on crypto or whatever in, in the markets in the last little bit. Um, and that's all add adding to all those too. So,
0: well, I, no doubt, Abby. I think that's a big point. And the other thing is COVID really exposed the gap between, you know, white collar work and blue collar work. And, I was talking to um, a friend of mine who uh, works in real estate and her boyfriend worked in construction. And so during, you know, the height of the pandemic, he was going to work every day and she was, you know, sitting in her pajamas and booting up her computer and doing Zoom every day. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it's ridiculous that you're getting paid your full salary for sitting at home and I still have to go into work every day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And And I think, you know, that, that attitude is pretty prevalent. And I mean, I can't, you can't blame people for feeling that way. Right. So the, the real blue collar in-person frontline jobs, whether it's construction or logistics, um, you know, whether it's, it's the dockyard or the grocery store, like that's where you're feeling a lot of labor pressure because Mm -hmm. people go, look, if I don't have to leave the house, I don't need to earn as much. Right. I can, if I can figure out some other way to make money. Um, whether it's online or remote work or whatever, I can earn a decent living, right? And and I don't need to spend as much. So I think, Abby, the, the solution to that starts with them really hurting the financial markets. And when that happens, people start behaving differently mm-hmm. and they feel less rich. They are less rich and they you know, they watch their expenses more closely. Um, you know, they maybe start, you know, from a, from a work perspective, they start being, um, you know, willing to take on more work or different kinds of work. Uh, so that's what I think, that's where I think all of this is headed. And as a real estate person, I can tell you rates are already, you know, escalated quite a bit. Um, but I would bet you that, the, you know, if you fast forward six months from now, you're probably going to look back and say, "Wow, the the April rates were cheap compared to the December rates." Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. So I, I
0: can see that, yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of pain coming, and I think the back half of this year, um, you know, and, and I want to be clear, we're talking about financial markets, right? The the real economy is, seems pretty strong, yeah. Um, so I think they're gonna have to put a hurting on the financial markets in order to bring everything else in check.
1: Yeah. I, I I definitely agree with you on that. <clears throat> One thing I wanted to say a little bit earlier on was that if you recall, prior to the pandemic, what was happening? We didn't solve any of those issues, right? We had a we had mm-hmm. an economy that was doing very well, right? Mm-hmm. We had very low interest rates, so they were slowly increasing rates, and people yep. were asking, "Well, why are they yep. raising rates?" And it was just like, "Listen, look, Powell or the Fed has no bullets in, in its gun to do mm-hmm. anything. If if anything." detrimental were to occur and then something and, detrimental and, did occur.
0: and thank God they did, right? If exactly. they didn't like where would we be today?
1: Exactly. And all those issues from from before haven't really been been resolved. We had essentially a two year hiatus, you know, maybe, maybe maybe a little bit less where we had an insane amount of money coming in. We had the rates go right back to zero. and you know you you, you built this 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 frothy mark capital markets along with a frothy economy. Off of essentially a weak foundation, right? And now we're coming back to it. And this goes back to every single thing that you're saying it's that, yes, the Fed does have to raise rates aggressively. But it now the question is well why does the fed you know the typically why why like why was the fed raising rates before and it was basically they were trying to they were they were, they were doing it as a hedge or an insurance policy for some future event to occur but that future events occurred already we we live in this world right now we yep. have rampant inflation we have you know the world war you know what's going on across the, the across the ocean there that no, we we couldn't really forecast that we couldn't for, forecast covid um so basically like what i'm getting at to this is i I agree with you that they're going to raise rates. Do I agree with you in terms of how aggressive they're going to be? I don't think so.
0: So uh, look, I, I mean, I, I like that you know you have a different opinion and we're, we're gonna see, right? But I think it's bigger than just rates. I think rates is one part of the equation. Mm-hmm. I think that the Qt, the tightening is the other part of the equation. and I think
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think this inflation, I'm repeating it myself, but I think inflation is so bad, yeah, that uh, and it's such a pernicious problem. it's so destructive to the system that I think that's why they have to be more aggressive than people think they're going to be. And, and, you know, if you think about a balloon and them injecting, you know, air liquidity into this yeah, balloon yeah. and how big the balloons got now, uh, they're not gonna be able to take 4 trillion out of the balloon. Right. But they won't need to, if they, if they, they're talking about taking out like a hundred, almost a hundred billion a month, you know, you do that for a year. That's, that's, you know, over a billion dollars. Right. Um, Oh sorry, over a trillion dollars. And so they put four trillion in, they take one trillion out. It'll probably have the right effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, to your point, Abby, they they stopped the taper they stopped the um, the q t in in 2018, nineteen because it got too painful for the markets, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, this time, I think it's like, look, markets be damned. Uh, we need to crush the markets. Our goal is to crush the markets because that will reverberate down the chain. So right, that's my feeling. And you know, I'm usually late to the party on these things, so um, it could be that you know me saying this is a sign that we're already at at peak inflation. Um, uh, but let's see. that's that's has me very worried in the uh, short to medium term when we talk about the next few months, but the next, mm-hmm. you know, you know, twelve or eighteen months, what I think it's gonna look like. Gotcha. So, how do we balance these two things? In the short term, cannabis, looking very interesting, looking exciting, all these wonderful catalysts that I spoke about 20 minutes ago. Macro picture, not looking so good, looking like a really, really tough backdrop to invest against.
2: hmm hmm
0: So, um, the only thing I could say of that is in the short term, the music's still playing. We're still sipping those drinks we got at last call. If we get a April, May, June rally with this CAOA stuff and New Jersey and dah, 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 and the media and all that. I think it's a really good time to reduce exposure, depending, you know, if we can actually make some money here. Uh, but I think that would be a really good time to look at some risk management. And I certainly mm-hmm. will be doing that if we get a run.
2: Hmm.
0: But, That's interesting. but, 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 that's where the other side of the equation comes in and we talk about 2024. And what does that look like? Well, I think Abby when you look ahead to 2024, the story for cannabis is unbelievably bullish. And I would I would caveat by saying I'm reducing exposure, but 2024 looks like, you know, that the that the prospects for that year look so good. You got to be careful about getting too cute and reducing exposure um, on what has to be one of the best stories looking two years ahead. Okay. Why why is that? Okay. So let's let's think this through, right? New Jersey comes online in May-ish of this year. Mm -hmm. Now we've got pressure on Connecticut and New York who are, again, they are going wreck. We're just waiting on the programs, Right. right? Some people are saying that could happen later this year. I doubt it. Um, maybe. I'd love to see that. But I think Connecticut, New York, m- probably more likely to happen kind of mid next year. That's how mm-hmm. far out I think it is. Uh, ho- I would hope to be pleasantly surprised. And I think Connecticut goes before New York. But so by 2024, right, New Jersey's at, you know, firing on at. Full steam, I maybe mean, not full mm-hmm. steam, but firing pretty good, right mm-hmm. uh, probably has substantially more than the fifteen stores that are approved today, maybe closer to a hundred and you know we're probably talking about a one one point five billion dollar market in New Jersey at that point mm-hmm. New York and Connecticut almost for sure would be online by twenty twenty four and if they came on in twenty three then by twenty four they're you know ramping up really nicely, yeah. Right, like think about Illinois. You know, 2020 was a great year for Illinois. 2021 was even better, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you have New York and Connecticut in full. Sw- in full, I shouldn't say full swing, but but ramping really nicely. New Jersey's yeah. going hard. Maryland, which is on the ballot this year, um, by 2024 it's probably launched as well, right? Give it give it kind of that 18 month New Jersey window, right? Mm-hmm. So now Maryland is going, and Maryland is ramping. Um, Pennsylvania. If it doesn't go this year, you know, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, all going. That all A lot- adds
1: pressure. Yeah,
0: exactly. So Pennsylvania or Ohio, if they're not already legal by 2024, I bet you they're on the ballot for 2024 mm-hmm. and Florida, right? The crown jewel, right? The The beast in the Southeast. Finally, we can get it on the ballot in 2024. Mm-hmm. And so now we have uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. So that's three key states that will be online. We've got probably Maryland as well. You know, assuming we get it passed, right? So I think mm-hmm. that's four key states online. We have another two, which Ohio and Pennsylvania, which I think are will be online by twenty four, or at least have a good chance. And then looking forward to the November election, the presidential election you know, Florida likely to be on the ballot uh, for going rec. And then we start having the federal conversation again about legalizing cannabis. And Mm -hmm. when you have, you know, the Eastern seaboard now recreational, that conversation is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think you're, you get a really good chance for those legalization talks in 2024 again, that full federal legalization. And You know, maybe we've got some kind of safe plus by then. Maybe we don't. Let's assume we don't have safe plus by then. We have such a better chance if you look forward to 24 about that conversation um, of catching fire and getting something in that time frame. Uh uh Right. So that's what excites me.
1: So I, I can definitely hear the, the enthusiasm and the excitement in your voice. Okay. <clears throat> I'm just going to play devil's advocate here because I, I, you know, everything you've rhymed off. Boom. Sounds amazing. Notwithstanding Florida mm-hmm. uh, because Florida, obviously anything Florida does is, is absolutely incredible. And then yeah, let's sure. not talk about um, safe as well. Everything yep. that you've talked about there is just basically a larger market that's coming in, potential pressures uh, for, uh, for 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 states that haven't fully flipped, but basically growing the addressable market that we can kind of attract to, sell to, whatever, right? No doubt, yep. That's kind of what it is. We've seen that story play out, right? We've seen that story play out recently where we saw new states come online. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get a re-rating. We saw companies um, becoming profitable. We didn't get a re-rating. We saw increased sales. We didn't get a re-rating. Until we get more capital and more eyeballs in the space. And this is why I said notwithstanding Florida, because Florida does attract a lot of people. And mm-hmm. let's not let's not talk about safe because that's that I think is the holy grail of everything that you said. That to me is like, okay, if of that course. happens, then For boom, sure. everything goes. For exactly. Sure. So I mean, like 2024, yeah, you're right. We could see a larger market sort of appear. We can start seeing increased sales across the board. Um And now I just, I just, I just kind of go back to what JP was saying a long, long, long time ago where he's like, Hey, look, listen, what if we just get these companies that never get up listing? And it's kind of what's playing out right now. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like people are like, ah, so what? Right. So, I mean, how does your stance change if let's just say we don't talk, we don't get safe. Right. Because I don't think we're going to get safe. I mean, look, I have no idea if we are or not, but like, if I was a betting man, like I, I, I don't think we're going to get safe by 2024.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, safe is the prize, right? We all know that yeah. it it turns on the capital markets. And by the way, you know, people who, uh, well, actually,
1: I, I, say- I think, I think I'll say one thing. I think if we get safe before all those catalysts occur, I think that will just add a fire to everything and I will actually speed up all those other catalysts, like all the states coming online, yeah. all the rec ballots, everything. It,
0: it's possible for sure. I, I mean, and I should say safe as it is actually would not permit uplisting. So it depends. They've changed the language a few times. I think mm-hmm. one time it did do it in the latest version. It doesn't have um, uh, safe harbor for the actual exchanges, uh, but the idea is that if that passed, then they could get some kind of new FinCEN guidance. So there's there's a you know uh,
1: some things that have I think, to happen. I think there. if we get any sort of like financial provisions that allow mm-hmm. protection, that's going to be a positive.
0: Uh, of course, but the, it, right. it comes down to binary, right? Can you uplist or can you not uplist? Mm-hmm. That's it. It's just that simple, right? Um, but, but here, here's what I'm getting at, Abby. So you're telling me New York, Connecticut, and New Jersey, the tri-state area is going to come online and we're not going to get any new eyeballs in the space. Tell me we're going to have, you know, cannabis dispensaries in New York. Now, assuming New York actually enforces the program and you know, it's, it's a good mm-hmm. place to do business. Uh, but you're telling me we're going to have it in New York across the bridge in New Jersey and where everyone, you know, summers over in Connecticut. And we're
1: not going to get any of those people interested in the industry. No, we, we definitely will get, will actually, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we will or not. Um, I, I can, I can say that it will, it will definitely attract eyeballs into Mm -hmm. the sector. Um, but again, it's, you know, some of these people are going to be like, Hey, how do I buy it? Oh, I can't buy it from whatever my JP Morgan account, you know, how much more effort are they going to put in to sort of get into, into the sector if they took them this long to even look at the sector because it's not like people haven't been shutting about cannabis since day one. Um, now that it's in their backyard, they're like, oh, I might, I might try to get into it. There's still barriers to entry, right? Mm. Uh, and, and that's that's the reason that we like the sector. We liked the sector because of those barriers to entry. We just didn't realize how long those barriers were going to stay up yeah, for. Exactly.
2: <laughs>
0: On the capital market side, you're saying because there's a the barrier yes. entry of investing. Well, look, yes. look, I mean, I've said this before, but the walls between the NASDAQ and the CSC are thinning. And you know, obviously we've had a really rough ride the past year, but it, it is happening, right? That the, the mm-hmm, walls are mm-hmm. thinning, right? When you when you look at, you know, MSOS and what they've done to bring capital into the sector. I mean, you don't think another ETF takes a shot, right? Like, and, and tries to kind of emulate what they've done. For sure. Uh, similarly, like, you know, we're, we're seeing more of these um, like BDC type companies or, or loan type companies launching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's some pretty creative structures out there, right? Scott's Miracle Grow, investing in Riv Capital through a convertible structure who just bought Etain, the New York asset. So we're getting pretty close. Tilray investing in MedMen through a convertible structure. So the structures are there, right? Mm -hmm. It's not ideal. It's not exactly how we want it to be. Okay, we understand that. But we're getting closer. And even just taking your point, Abby, imagine we get no movement on SAFE, which I think you should sort of assume that and invest accordingly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If we if we get to 2024 and now we're looking forward to the federal elections uh and cannabis becomes a discussion point. Right? It just becomes up in debate. Remember Kamala Harris, right? She was the one yeah. who basically rallied the entire industry talking about we're going to legalize, we're going to decrim whatever it was. Uh you know, that's a broken campaign promise from 2020. Mhm. Is there a chance to try to get people excited again by bringing that home? Right. I I know Biden's not into it, but you know, people got to do what they got to do to win. Yeah. And a lot of people think that Biden's not going to make it to 24 and he might hand it off to somebody else. Like, again, I don't know, but I'm just saying there becomes this opportunity for cannabis to enter the mainstream discussion again, which we know moves stocks.
1: Yes. That I agree with you. That 100% I agree with you. Um, I just think that, I don't know. I I just think that they're, the, the, the situation that we're looking at, and, and I know you don't do this. You're not looking at it in terms of isolation. I feel like if you look at those, those, those catalysts in isolation, it definitely makes sense. If you take a step back and look back at everything we just talked about earlier in this episode, but. Inflation, the war that's going on, et cetera. I'm not saying that that's all going to be pre- prevalent in twenty twenty four, but I can say that there will be other issues in twenty twenty four that could possibly cast a shadow over cannabis. I don't know if cannabis will be the number one like crown jewel or even like top core top crown jewel where like mm-hmm. the politicians sort of you know um, uh, what do you, what do you call it like hitch their wagon on?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it is one of those issues that you know will become the center point, mm-hmm. but I think it comes up. It seems yeah. to like without fail come up every election cycle. Seems to be part of the discussion. Right? It does, so yeah,
1: yeah, and it and it does rally. And, and look, I everything. I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, no, right? I, I like it. I like right? it. <clears throat> and it's and it, it gets it gets down to like everything that you say. Yeah, absolutely, gets me super excited. Like this is amazing. You know, the the, the market's going to grow by like what twenty thirty million extra people. Um, f- from 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 I mean uh, 20, front, twenty
0: million just in New York.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Well, you get, and then you add in like what New Jersey. That's New Jersey, like another, another ten. Yeah, right? so 30 million, 20, 30 million. and 30, then I guess whatever. Connecticut, so I don't know, big... Maryland. I don't know how big Connecticut is, like in Maryland. <laughs> it's like Three million people, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like New Jersey and New York. I mean, like you know, yeah, fine, that's like forty million people. Like yeah. a lot of people are going to mm-hmm. be added to the sector. That's amazing. And the great thing about those states is, like, those are very affluent states. So, like, you know, the average person is probably going to be spending a couple hundred, like a hundred bucks at least. Like, you know, but the average ticket size on a, on a dispenser when you go in there will probably be a lot higher than than most other states, right? Just like when you go to New York, it's a little yeah. bit more expensive. Mm -hmm. so there's going to be a lot of
0: heavy tourism too.
1: heavy tourism exactly there's going to be a lot of money that kind of comes into it i've just seen the song and dance before and now i'm kind of like okay like yeah this is great i love all these catalysts but like guys the real issue still hasn't been solved and the real issue is that we don't have institutional capital flooding in when multiples become attractive
0: no doubt no doubt and and that's and that's totally fair and I, i would push back and say one thing though you know, you mentioned the fact that, look, we've seen states come online, we've seen sales improve, and nothing helps. But mm-hmm. I would just push back, Abby, and say, actually, if you look at the last two quarters, we haven't seen states come online, right? We haven't. In fact, we've seen things keep getting delayed.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's right. So well, you, those states, yeah, that's true. That is what, true. You're right.
0: What state has come online in the last six months? Like nothing, but Arizona came online in Q1. Yeah. And that did re rate harvest, mm-hmm. it definitely helped cure um again, Arizona was already a decent sized state that just got a decent amount bigger, right? Mm-hmm. New Jersey's mm-hmm. going from you know zero to maybe not a hundred, but maybe to fifty.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? New York, similarly, like New York is a nothing market right now. It's going to be much larger. Connecticut, very small market right now. Yeah. But that that will actually be a very profitable market, right? Maryland is a decent sized market, um, but I think that will be a great flip. So I, I would just push back and say if you look at 2020, we had some really great tailwinds, um, including the fact that the fundamentals were just phenomenal. Yeah, and we're increasing at an amazing clip, and that has really stalled out over the last two quarters. Uh, in fact, it started to go the other way a little bit on some in some cases, um, and people who were more value buyers, and that's that's me, right, um, started getting more depressed. Cause we're like, Oh, maybe these companies aren't as great as we thought. Maybe the mm-hmm. margins are compressing. The numbers are compressing. Um, but once, you know, again, going to 24, I think that will reverse. I think they'll have these States that are ramping and they'll, you know, they're going off a bigger base now, but mm-hmm. the growth will be really good. And the profitability will be there as well. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So let's, just wrap it all up here at the end. Short-term some good catalysts coming up super short like we're talking you know 2 months maybe next 2 months brutal macroeconomic picture although you know we have a disagreement about how brutal um and I want to be really clear I think you're going to see some real pain in the next 6 months uh back half of the year especially
1: uh, yeah I I think Q4 you'll you'll see some 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 real pain kind of come through that we we typically see that right I I in financial markets
0: get ready. Right. And now hard to tell how these things balance out. How does, you know, that affect cannabis, which has already been beaten down, um, and has maybe some catalysts. I don't know. I don't know the balance of those things. Right. Mm -hmm. But longer term, I have a fantastic outlook on 2024. Uh, I think that you really have to ask yourself, do you time the market? Do you try to be clever? Um, or do you try to keep it simple? And I think that's just a, a really core dilemma. About you know, do you try to be clever and sell now and buy later, um, or do you try to you know just hold good names and ride it out?
1: For sure, for sure, and I and I think it boils down to you know you're you got to look you got to look at your own portfolio, your own financial situation. How much money can you possibly risk? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's always been the same thing, right? Like up double, sell half is something that I that I say as well as you know if you're yelling, you should be selling. Mm-hmm. If that if we do see those days again, I. I know I'm going to be taking risk off the table. I always do. Um, It's just, I've just been buying the dip so long that all that risk that I took off the table is already back down.
0: And more. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So
0: I I agree. I I think, look, it's a complicated one. What I learned through my COVID experience of selling my portfolio was, I'm not going to try to be a hero, um, but I will adjust, right? Taking some risk off here and there, especially if we have a good run um, and, and trying to kind of have that money available for the future but not going crazy Mm -hmm. because because again i i we were already quite beaten up and i think the 2024 picture is pretty damn good
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. abby any closing thoughts here on you know 420 versus 2024
1: um not really man not really i I think we covered quite a bit on there and i think you know i I think ending it off with the core dilemma is definitely something right um yeah I, i think i think we hit everything on the head there
0: Okay, great. Guys, um, we are probably going to be off for a week because we're traveling, um, but we will be in Miami for Benzinga. If you'd like to meet up, c-i-n-podcast at com. Until next time.